Welcome to a Trucker's Mind Podcast. I'm Eddie McGee. It's your boy, K-Things. We're back, man. Episode yes, 200. 200. That's really, a lot of fucking really episodes, made it, man. man. Good job. 200 episodes, man. This is a this is rare air for podcasts because most people quit. They quit at 30, 40, probably even less. They, yeah. They become less consistent. They become less invested. Yes. They don't care as much. And the thing about it, man, when you actually love and care about what you create... You cannot quit on it. And yeah. this is this is just, and by the way, we're not speaking from a place of extreme accomplishment because <laughs> we haven't accomplished as much as we like to in the podcast space. Yeah. Um, but <clears throat> here we are, episode 200, man. This is we've reached the the playoffs of the of the the playoffs of playoffs. The, yeah, right. We've reached <laughs> the playoffs of the podcast world. What um what is some advice you could give to somebody that's uh, trying to you know get a podcast started or something like that. If you want to start a podcast, um, make sure you actually give a fuck and you actually start it with someone that you can trust. Mm-hmm. Because if you start a podcast and you love it, but you got a co-host that's wishy-washy and doesn't show up, then it's gonna crush your shit. You might have to find another co-host. Luckily, luckily, I have a co-host that is just as invested as I am. Mm-hmm. So we've showed up every week. For 200 episodes, man. Yeah, that's wild. Yeah, and it's it's crazy. People would look at us and be like, I mean, why are they doing this every week? They're not going to make it. Yeah. You know, why are they showing up every week? Because this is what it takes to become successful in this space. Mm-hmm. And you guys can't see it. A lot of times I can't see it. But it's necessary. Mm-hmm. It's necessary to keep on working. So we made it to 200 episodes. I'm very proud. I'm yeah. very, I feel very, 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 um, how do you say it? I feel very fortunate that mm-hmm. we haven't had any hiccups up to this point. I've had a lot, a lot of life events that have happened that could have derailed this shit. I'm sick right now. I, I kind of still feel like shit. Um, it's not COVID though, folks. I, I mean, I'm good. I got the common cold, but I do feel like shit. Mm-hmm. You know, um, and I had really bad gas before the podcast. I don't know what. Is you this know. your flu game? I don't know. Is this is a lot of. Uh, I, I've just unpacked a lot for the listeners. Mm-hmm. But yeah, really bad gas. And I'm sick, and I'm still here. Mm-hmm. So, there's no excuses, man. Yeah, I think if you, um, the the thing for me is the unknown. Like when you uh, when you put a lot of work into something, um, you 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 don't want to quit before you reach the pinnacle of your success. And I think that's like. <laughs> Part of the reason why I I just keep going because I'm like yo you you know, you see you see what's out there you see the type of podcasts that are uh, <clears throat> getting huge um, contracts million dollar contracts five million ten million sixty million and you're like in your head you know you're equally as talented um, and can 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 communicate um, equally as good as some of those podcasts out there so you're just like well let's keep trying and let's keep pushing until. Something happens. And then even if we reach half the success of those people, like you could still yeah. carve out a niche for yourself. Yeah, what we're up against is very, it's very tough. Mm-hmm. We're up against a very oversaturated platform where there's a bunch of people who start podcasts and just fucking quit. Yeah. So in the middle of all the people, and even Rory talked about this, shout out to Rory and Maul. But Rory talked about it's harder to find great podcasts because so many people oversaturate the platform with shit podcasts. Mm-hmm. And what I mean by shit, I guess shit is is subjective. But I would label shit as 
Um, not you could tell that you're not remotely preparing the conversation. Um, that you're a horrible communicator. Um, that you're inconsistent. That's a shit podcast. You're wasting people's time. It's not okay to the people that are listening to you that are taking time out of their day, whether it's going to work or if it's taking a trip somewhere. It's not fair to those people that you're on there talking about, oh, my shoelaces, they're not the right color. I don't know what's... Shut the fuck up, man. Talk about what the people want to hear. Yeah. You're wasting people's time. But yeah, this is very rare air, rare air here. Um, yeah, I think that's important because um, there's... It's you have to implement personal stories. That's just you know that's right. how we learn about people. Um, we learn about you know where they come from and all these different things. But um, yeah, don't don't get on podcasts having a phone conversation. I don't think that's no. like that's not really what listeners want to hear. You know, they want to hear your take <clears throat> on whatever, and it doesn't always have to be like popular things in the culture. It could even be like something you're well researched on, whether it's yeah. Uh, you know, psychology or music or um, movies, whatever the case may be. Um, people just want to hear what other people have to say about different yeah. things. And my objective is not to have people that listen to me and agree with everything I say. I think that it's dope to have, you know, to to be objective and like disagree with what I say or what Keith says and maintain your own way that you think about things, but also be able to listen to what me and Keith say and say, I see why they feel that way, but I feel different, but still be engaged in the conversation. And I think that's why the people who probably listen to this podcast, why they've stuck around Mm -hmm. is the fact that we're not closed minded and we may feel the way we feel about something and they may completely fucking disagree, Mm -hmm. but they still know that we're not closed minded. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm, I'm blessed that I'm, I don't live in this echo chamber of whether it's political or race or whatever it is, I don't live in this echo chamber where I only subscribe to only so many things. Mm -hmm. I actually can look outside of all these different variables and find the truth in other people's opinions. Even if I completely fucking disagree with it, I can still find some validity. And even if I don't find validity, I could find validity in, I guess, the idea of what someone feels. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, man, it's 200. I'm very proud. Fuck it. This ain't the playoffs. This is the Super Bowl. There you go. This is the Super Bowl, but we still got to win the game. Yeah. Right? We've made it to the Super Bowl, but we still got to win the game. Play good defense. Don't turn the ball over. Yep. We are in the... You know what? I'm going to say... I don't even want to use that. That's a bad analogy. I'm going to say we're in the third quarter. The third quarter? We're in the the third quarter. We're not in the Super Bowl. I don't want to take us there. We are in the third quarter of a very important game. It's like it's a regular season game, but it's like it has uh, standing implications. Yeah, standing implications, <laughs> playoff implications. If you don't win this game, you ain't going to the playoffs. <laughs> kind of like last week when the Niners beat the Rams. Yeah, there you and go. then right now when they just beat the Cowboys. There this is go. what I love about starting at the time we do because <clears throat> we get all the information all the way up to the end of the week. Yeah. We start the podcast around either from 5.30 to like 7 p.m. on a Sunday night, and we get to get all the juicy news. And that's the advantage we have with this podcast, too, is the time that we start it. Yeah. Because a lot of people, they release on Tuesday. It's like, golly. Yeah. What the fuck's going on on a Tuesday except tacos? <laughs> I like, well, some people do t- twice a week, so they not That's really, tough. Twice a week is hard. They're not, they not missing a lot. It's, yeah. it's hard. Um it's harder when you're doing it for free. 
it's probably not that difficult if you're getting paid. Yeah, that's true. So much money an episode. Yeah, if, that's true. If you're if you're getting paid to do podcasts, I know me and Keith could without a doubt do two podcasts a week. Yeah. But we have lifestyles and bills that we have to take care of. Yeah. So that's what makes it different. If you pay me to be a hundred percent freaking content creator, then you goddamn right I could do two episodes a week. Yeah, you man. mean to tell me I'm I ain't got to spend more than four hours a week doing podcasts? Mm-hmm. Like, come on. There's some podcasters that say, podcasting can be tough. I had to take a break. It's like, man, shut up. <laughs> I'm a truck driver. I work more hours than most people in America, right? Yeah. And then once I get done with that, I'm still doing podcasts. I'm still giving Keith calls throughout the week. We're still figuring it out. You know, Keith has a business that he's upholding. Like, we we have real lives. We're real human beings. Yeah. Okay? So, yeah, there's that. But, yeah, back to that, the Niners Dallas, yo. Yeah, we really just smacked the Dallas Dallas at home. Yeah, man. I I, I had a f- I knew we were going to win. I just I know the uh, momentum we had towards the end of the season, um, and then I also know that we're a, a team. Being a Niners fan, you know, right. not, but we're a team that um, we can beat anybody on any given Sunday, and we can lose to anybody on yep. any given Especially Sunday. with Jimmy Garoppolo quarterback. Fuck. Yeah, so um but I, I feel like there are certain franchises and mainly the Raiders and the Cowboys who just fumble the bag all the time. And um I felt like they would I felt like they would just not show up. Um next Sunday is gonna be a whole different story. That's gonna be fucking tough. Yeah. So that one I'm just gonna be like, you know, just you know freaking biting my nails the whole game. But uh I thought we could beat the Cowboys for sure. Yeah. I, I think uh First of all, uh, Jimmy has to stop turning the fucking ball over. Like, he's turned the ball over five times in three games. That's mm-hmm. ridiculous. Five interceptions in three games? You don't got to watch football to know that that's shit quarterbacking. Mm-hmm. And we sneak by teams because our defense and our run game is dominant, and we got Debo Samuel. But that shit ain't going to keep working, especially against the Packers. They got an elite passing game over there. If we can't keep up with Aaron Rodgers, if we give Aaron the ball back, because we did it earlier in the season with two minutes left, he marched down the field and he fucking scored. Yeah, and Devontae Adams is the best receiver in the game. Yeah, dude, they'll fucking kill us out there, bro. We can't have that happening again. They for sure putting points up on the board. But, dude, I don't know who won this game, the 49ers or the internet, because this this one game produced like four memes. (laughs) It was a girl that was crying, drunk and crying, and it was like the third quarter. It wasn't the game wasn't even over. She was just crying. And then yeah, it was, it was a lot of time left. It was this one dude that was praying. Like it he was had two. His, it was two females crying. Yeah, they showed him during the game. They showed him like back to back. And Tony was Romo was like, "This game is not over yet. I don't know what they." Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and then the one girl, she had been advised probably by friends that she was a meme because mm-hmm. she got her phone and was showing her friend mm-hmm. during the game. That's funny. Yo, man, that, this the internet is powerful, man. Yeah, like, internet is fast. powerful. Mm-hmm. All right, man. Enough of this, man. Let's get into it. Uh, switching gears. Uh, recently, um, there was some police officers that got in trouble for being busted on Pokemon instead of answering a call. All right. Two LAPD officers fired for ignoring call for backup because they were playing Pokemon Go. Uh, two former Los Angeles Police Department officers had their appeal for reinstatement denied after they were fired for choosing to play Pokemon Go instead of responding to a request for backup while on duty. The Verge reports the California Court of Appeal upheld the firings on Friday. Uh, Luis Lozado and Eric Mitchell were radioed in April 2017 about assisting a captain with a robbery, reported robbery in a Macy's at Crenshaw Mall. 
The two initially failed to respond, and when they finally did, all Sergeant Jose heard back was no. Gomez asked them about the, the communication in a 7-Eleven parking lot later that day, and they both denied hearing a request for backup, claiming there was a loud noise and a lot of music in the area. Yeah, that noise was Pokemon, sir. That's what the noise was. <laughs> Pika. Yeah, so he was too busy. He was too busy uh, chasing Pikachu instead of chasing a <laughs> Pika criminal. He's trying to get some Charmanders and build. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> trying to get some goddamn Charmanders. Okay, look, what I would have to say about this is, is I hope that the police that that being a cop isn't such an undesirable job that they're just hiring anybody now because. Mm-hmm. I hope that's not the case Mm -hmm. because I know a lot of people don't want to be cops right now. Mm -hmm. But I will say we do need law enforcement and we do need good cops. But we don't need Pokemon cops. We need real fucking cops. Mm -hmm. Okay? It could be a tough job. It could be difficult. Right? It could be difficult dealing with the public. You don't know if somebody got a gun or a firearm. But I would think that you are less ready for that situation if you're playing Pokemon. Yeah. Imagine playing Pokemon and you just get shot. Mm-hmm. Imagine that. You're playing Pokemon and then someone shoots you because you wasn't ready for that call. Mm-hmm. That's fucked up, man. That That's, yeah. Are they just hiring anyone now? Or are these just bad cops? And and also, you can't really quantify the, the idea of a few bad apples. And I'm not here to say that the police department of a majority of them are bad or good. I'm not here to say that. What I am here to say is they are 100% human. They are 100% human beings. And when they get this job, they would have fucked up at any other one. They would have fucked up if they worked at Macy's. They would have fucked up if they worked as a mechanic. They would have fucked up anywhere because that's who they are as a human being. It has less to do with being a cop and more with the individual. We just need a bunch of individuals who happen to be good cops. Yeah. I think, I mean, uh, as far as the hiring process goes, I don't know if there are any people uh, out there in interviews or filling out applications that showing up and saying like, yeah, I'm a little bit lazy and I have a lack of focus sometimes. So, I I mean, I understand how uh, you could hire like an immature cop like this and then, you know, only because people... People's, uh, I guess, the quality of their work is circumstantial. So, mm-hmm. you know, if Pokemon Go wasn't a thing, then, you know, the, the, the police officers probably wouldn't have been distracted. Or they might have been distracted by something else. But it's just, it's just unfortunate that we uphold policing at a this certain standard where, you know, they're supposed to be, uh, you know, <clears throat> protect and serve and, you know, all these quotes and stuff like that and the badge and the uniform and all these things. Um, And we look at them with a certain level of, uh, I guess, like appreciation and then also like a certain level of of fear in a sense, um, only to find out that there's officers out there that's playing Pokemon (laughs) Go when they should be, you know, at the Crenshaw, the Crenshaw Mall. Yeah. Yeah. Macy's. Yeah, it's just, it's just, it's just like that, that, like you said, that those same people that, that screwed up as a police officer, if they were at McDonald's would be the same people that probably would be texting when there's a line around the block or, you know, whatever the case may be. Those same, those, that same person, because they, they say, they say how you do anything is how you do everything. Right. So those same officers, like they would screw up in any capacity. I think, I think there has to be 
I don't know. Maybe they have to change the vetting process for, for hiring police officers. And I don't know what that would be. I don't really, I'm not too familiar with, you know, what they have to go through. But yeah. it's just these type of scenarios happen far too often. Yeah, I mean, but like look, you hire human beings, there's going to be some human error. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's better than, I guess, playing fucky mind because these cops be fucking each other too. Oh, yeah. There's been, a, there's been police officers fucking other officers. Well, in, in heterosexual relationships. Mm-hmm. Some probably not. That's not really important. But mm-hmm. <laughs> they playing pussy mind, fucky mind, sucky mind. <laughs> <laughs> they trying to get sucky chew. <laughs> 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 I just caught a charm. I just caught Busty Mon. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Pokemon, gotta catch them all. I've never been into Pokemon. I was too old when that shit came out. Really? Yeah. When you po- weren't too old, you just weren't into it. Because there's people so? older than you that were that are interested in Pokemon. Really? Yeah, for sure. Oh shit! That is I mean, Desmond played it, and he, he's a year younger than you, so uh, you guys are that's pretty much point. peers. Yeah, I didn't care for it then. <laughs> yeah, it's just, it was, yeah, it was one of those. things. Remember back in the day when Teletubbies came out? Yeah, that had to be the weirdest fucking shit ever. Yeah, especially as you get older, you're like, "This is what strange. is this?" They just had tele, they had fake televisions on their body, and they just mm-hmm. made noises. They didn't mm-hmm. even do anything. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you, I don't even understand how shit like that gets popular. I don't. It, it's it's a it's it's probably a science behind it. Yeah, I can really tell you what Mind the science control. is. Something <laughs> Illuminati. I'm, I'm sure there was like <laughs> some real meetings with people. Like, yo, this is how we could capture the attention of kids, whether it's the colors or you know the the energy or the the brightness of the screen or uh, you know the music, whatever the case. And uh, yeah, it just it just kind of. I don't know. I think some shit people just throw out it, out there and it, and it and it makes it. No, that's not. That's not. No one makes on the internet, maybe, but you're not you're not sitting in a meeting and spending thousands of dollars on something that you're just throwing out there. That's like true, but it all starts from paper. Yeah, so I think it all starts from an idea. You don't just know you you learn from failing. Yeah. So what I'm saying is, is the people that throw these ideas out, they probably got they gather that information from failing. They mm-hmm. found out what captivates and what captures people yeah. based on how much they fail. So Teletubbies. Probably the 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 and, and his infancy was from Felon. Probably from uh, like people that ran that show. That probably ran other shows that mm-hmm. failed, mm-hmm. and they seen shows that were successful and said, "Let's try this." Yeah, this is what works. But they are spending money at these meetings to try to figure out what works. Yeah, and I don't know how the fuck that worked. Just like Tickle Me Elmo. Mm-hmm. Why the fuck was that so popular? Somebody can tell you. That's what I read that the the book called um, like. Hitmaker or something like that, so, something like that. But it basically talks about, about uh, this um, the science behind like how certain things got popular, mm. and it talked about you know stuff like that. So it's not it's not as abstract as like most people would think. Like like you were saying, like why is Teletubby so popular? Yeah, but I don't get that. In reality, there are like people that worked for was it on PBS? Yeah. People that work for PBS, I could tell you exactly why. It's like, oh, this is, is what we did. We marketed to this age group. We knew that yeah. this age group is attracted to these colors and all these kind of things. Is PBS still a thing? Yeah. It is? going nowhere. That shit does like, it just seems like the channel nobody watch. I mean, we don't really have TVs anymore. We just watch Netflix and HBO Max. And PBS, yo. That's that's a trip. See, PBS had uh, Reading Rainbow back in the day. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But you caught the reruns. You didn't catch like the show shows. 
Yeah, I don't. Uh, yeah, the Take syndicated a version. It's in a book, reading rainbow. <laughs> I can do anything. People my age will get that. Mm-hmm. They'll get that. Yeah, no, no, that song used to slap. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> reading rainbow. <laughs> I used to really like that. Uh, fuck. I could imagine like the Migos remixing that like in a modern day version. Oh, uh, reading rainbow. Yeah. Oh, uh, reading rainbow. Oh, uh, whoa. Uh, it's in the book. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, Bad uh, and bougie. Ah. Uh, yeah. Uh. Skirt, skirt. <laughs> ah. <laughs> I've never seen people that create sound effects. Now, let me be clear. The Migos are talented. You, there's no way around it. There's yeah. no, they're very original with their ad libs. Mm-hmm. Like the things that they do, nobody does that. Mm-hmm. They don't. Mm-hmm. Um, who's the one that do all? This? I think it's uh, Offset that really does a lot of them. Offset, yeah. But he be the one doing all the ad libs in the yeah. back. Yeah, him and Takeoff. Takeoff is probably the least known member of Migos. Mm-hmm. I don't think he has any problem with that. Yeah, I mean he's he's still part of the group. Yeah, if they busting everything day. down thirty three percent, then. He ain't worried about nothing. If you see him take still... off in public, you just be like, I know him from somewhere. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't know where, but I know him from somewhere. <laughs> hey, did we used to go to school together? Yeah. I've seen some people before and I thought about it, like, you know what? I think that's who that was. Where they're they're like kind of popular from like a Netflix show or something, and you think you've seen them. Yeah. And then you just is like, oh, maybe that's them, maybe that's not. That's the type of popular I would like to be. Yeah. I don't want to be like everybody knows me from the podcast mm-hmm. type popular. I want to be the type of popular where I'm fucking rich, but I can still go to Food Max. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. I Ma- hear you. Yeah, but maybe not in my and in, in not in my city. If we from Bakersfield, people gonna know who we, who we are. Yeah, you can. I mean, you can maneuver though. I think like. The popular people that we know out here, um, because they're from here, obviously you're gonna have fans and people coming up to you. But you can you could you can navigate, you know, at least in Bakersfield, at least you know, L.A. It might be a little bit different. And it also we don't have like anybody that's super super famous. Um, I think who who would you think is the most famous person that is out here? Is probably like a Kevin Edwards. Yeah, Kevin Edwards, Derek yeah. Carr, Derek um, Carr, yeah. Uh, Kevin Edwards, Derek Carr. Uh, there's other people who are popular here that we just don't know. The um, I forgot the dude's name. A lot of people He's know Todd. Shout out to Todd Jones. A lot of people do know Todd. Yeah, Todd. Shout out to Todd. Yeah, but like the top, top, top but, popular. Yeah, the, with Kevin Edwards, it's a lot of his peers are like they know him personally, so you wouldn't get like people freaking out. But definitely kids, kids for sure. Like. If he if he pulled up to like any elementary school, kids are going crazy. Yeah, so. yeah, that's true. Some people mm-hmm. just aren't popular to us, but they're popular as fuck. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, this is where you gotta toe the line. Mm-hmm. But yeah, man. Um, as far as the police, dude, this is not an indictment on the whole police. I just think that if you're gonna take this job, be serious about it. It's just like we had the same. I at least I did, or we both did, had the same tone of opinion about the truck driver that didn't read the signs. He didn't take the runaway ramps. Like if you're gonna do this job, you need to take it serious. Mm-hmm. It's a very serious job. You're not you're not at McDonald's where you could burn a batch of fries and then just put a new batch in. When you're a cop and you get a call for backup, it could be the the difference between an officer dying. Or an officer keeping his life because he had backup that showed up at the right time. So yeah. these these cops really fucked up and they deserve to be fired. And they don't deserve to be reinstated. 
They I, don't. I think that we, um, one thing that when I was in uh, physics in high school, uh, my teacher explained to us, we were talking, he was talking about how like certain uh, space shuttles had crashed. And he was essentially yeah. saying like, uh, somebody did the formula incorrectly or, you know, a decimal here, decimal there, whatever the case may right. be. And, you know, that leads to uh, the space shuttle blowing up. But um, I think we should kind of approach all of our work with that same sort of uh, like carefulness or eye, you know, mm, like if you're yeah. if you're a physicist and you're, you know, trying to calculate numbers to get the space shuttle out of the atmosphere or whatever. Shut you up gotta be, nine. Yeah, you got to be like super, you know, on point with your with your numbers and stuff like that. But there are jobs out here and primarily like cops where it's okay to make a mistake, which is like it's not that's not cool. Like there's 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 certain jobs where there's real stakes where like you you mentioned the the referees got a uh play call wrong in the bank in the Bengals game. They yeah. should have uh redid the play when or when they blew the whistle and they got fired. Yep. But it's you know, a lot of cops out here that's doing they didn't like get the, fired, but they didn't they didn't allow they got removed the from the playoffs. Yeah. yeah. But um you know, in, in terms of like these police officers, like you know, they just they kind of get a slap on the wrist a lot of times. Which yeah, is like it's unfortunate. Yeah, I mean, hey, um, it's one of those things, man. Like, you, it's not the it's not the end of this, but I would say I was thinking like, yo, what if these cops were good at their job? What if they were really great cops? But you know, but they just they were human and they had an off day. But I thought about it. I'm like, yo, you not that bad of a cop to where you missing the fucking call because you own Pokemon. Mm -hmm. Like, if you do that, dog, then there ain't no excuse for you, Mm -hmm. bro. Like, Mm -hmm. there there can't be no excuse. Another thing I was thinking of, too, is when you said that we should do our job, we should all approach our job with that certain level of seriousness. Mm -hmm. I was thinking about Little Caesars because they pieces is trash. (laughs) <laughs> they had the nerve to raise the price on them goddamn pizzas. They too. raise the price. It's five fifty five now. In some places, it's like six or seven dollars. Mm. Yeah, it used to be like a uh, like a five dollar grab and go type thing. Man. Yeah, inflation is crazy. Inflation is crazy. It, that that, mm. that pizza so bad they don't deserve to raise the price. <laughs> like, and at that point, you're doing them a favor by buying that motherfucker. Yeah. No, I, I'm I'm not gonna act like I don't. Now, I don't eat it regularly now, but I for sure have had my fair share of little But let's Caesars. be real. Are you eating it for the price or are you eating it for the taste? It doesn't taste great to me, but it's not like unbearable. So it's kind of... It's just you didn't kinda... answer my question. Are you eating it for the price or are you eating it for the taste? What I'm saying is it's a little <laughs> it's a little bit of both. Like, you know, it's it's a $5 pizza, but it's also like... Would you not rather have a DiGiorno or a Little Caesars? A DiGiorno? Yeah. <laughs> I'm just, I don't. DiGiorno is obviously way better. Yeah, you throw that in the uh, in the oven and I'm just yeah, saying. smack it down. Yeah, I'm just saying because sure. when it come down to pizza, like Hungry Howie's is fire. Mm-hmm. Hungry Howie's and you know um, what's another one? Pizzaville got some good pizzas too. They decent. Pizzaville's solid. Yeah, it's solid. Yeah, yeah. I had Pizzaville. It was uh, I don't know, like a few weeks ago. It was cool. Was you had a pizza or the chicken and wings? Uh, and, uh, pizza potatoes. and then some some wedges. Oh, wedges. Yeah, yeah. That shit. That shit been on point for years. I've been going yeah. there for oh fuck. I've yeah. been going there over twenty years. I don't mm-hmm. go. I haven't been there recently, but like I live around the corner from it. So my favorite is uh, if I would have to go like a go to pizza in Bakersfield would probably be um Cataldo's. Oh yeah, they're good too. Yeah, I like that. I like they hella pizza. good. But like mm-hmm. what people don't realize though is too much cheese can ruin the pizza though. Mm-hmm. 
Because some places put too much goddamn cheese. And yeah. it's like, dog, mm-hmm. I got to chew through four layers of cheese before I get to the fucking dough, man. Yeah, you need a right, you need a right ratio. You trying to kill me? What the so, fuck? That's a strange thing because some be like too saucy. And you, when you bite into it, the tomato sauce is like dripping out on the side yeah. and stuff like that. You need the pro- the proper proportions of of everything. It's and some be like stupid greasy. Yeah, be like turn it. Still old sexual ass pizza. Pizza busting all over me. <laughs> Trying to eat the pizza. It's, it's a dumb gushy. Pizza juice busting all over. Me. <laughs> 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 yeah, man. Um, uh, oh, another one that's a go to is is a. Uh, uh, Blaze pizza is decent too. Blaze is good, but it, yeah. it's different because it's not like people wouldn't consider that pizza pizza. Uh-huh. But it's like to me, it's good because it's a personal. You know yeah. what I mean? Mm-hmm. And and believe it or not, I didn't used to fuck with them, but Domino's stepped their game up recently. Yeah, I like Domino's. I, Domino's cool. I like Domino's. Domino's cool. is a little salty, but I, I, it's yeah, they good. is. They mm-hmm. be trying to kill a nigga. Like, yeah, how am I supposed to come back and eat this if I'm dead? <laughs> you motherfuckers made me a death yeah. pizza, all this goddamn salt on it. <laughs> you gonna make a nigga's blood pressure go into another stratosphere? <laughs> <laughs> nah, they, yeah, they, they uh, that new formula they got with the crust, like the seasonings on the crust and stuff, is definitely super salty. All lives matter. That don't apply to uh, 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 Domino's. Yeah, because they don't matter to them. They're gonna kill everybody with mm-hmm. that pizza. That's I mean I that that's the best food experience like a near death experience. Why <laughs> that just keeps people coming back. Like, almost died nigga, from that burger. This piece is so far a nigga almost died. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, yeah. yo, one of the best burgers in town, or at least in Bakersfield to me, is at Ortega's. It used to be called Bravo's Burgers mm-hmm. on Chester, but it's on uh, it's still on Chester, but it's just called Ortega's. Yeah. That shit is good as fuck. They make a big ass burger. I tried it. I wasn't. I wasn't that impressed. I'm gonna be real. Really? Yeah. I didn't. I wasn't really messing with it. Oh, this comes from the same nigga that eat Little Caesars. Don't yeah. trust. Don't <laughs> trust shit Keith got to say about food. Man. <laughs> yeah, but I, I I prefaced it letting you know like that's a college man. Keith be eating hot dogs, food. yo. <laughs> hot dogs is fire. I for sure pull up to. <laughs> See what I'm saying? I pull up to Wiener Snitzel, get the beef. Oh Damn. God! I farted, y'all. You heard that? I'm sorry. Yeah. yeah. Go ahead, Keith. You gotta clear the air. <laughs> yeah. uh, <laughs> but nah, yeah, Wiener Snitzel for sure. I'll pull up, get the beef, uh, the beef chili dog with the fries and uh, the little strawberry lemonade. That's a that's a decent meal right there. Mm. Mm. Yeah, that's real. All right, switching gears, y'all. Um, the ten year challenge. Um, it seems like the ten year challenge is popular once again. Um, I, I scoured the internet to try to find the origin of it, and it just sent me all over the place. So I don't have a specific story to tell you where it came from. But it showed like Ryan Seacrest being one of the first people to pull it off. Um, honestly, I'll say this. Some people's 10-year challenges are pretty interesting because it's almost like they've aged backwards, some people. And it's like, wow, you look great. And then some people... Where that 10-year challenge is just a representation of what 10 years of drugs and alcohol can do to a person. Mm-hmm. Some of you motherfuckers are like, you damn near dead. Mm-hmm. Some people I went to high school with look like they 50. Oh, man. Like, what the fuck, man? You turned into Nick Nolte. <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> but yeah, the, the 10-year challenge, too, is it's not a challenge. You just took a picture of yourself and put it next to one today. Mm-hmm. I think we use the word challenge too fucking loosely <laughs> nowadays. Mm-hmm. There's no challenge about posting a photo. Yeah. 
Yeah, you're not doing nothing. You're not doing it's anything. It's just a term. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, it, it is. I think it's one of those things where um, I don't see the point in most of that, especially when there's no improvement. Like yes. you just kind of backslid. There was one girl I had seen. She posted the the uh, ten year challenge, and she probably uh, she probably put on a good fifty shit fifty sixty pounds. Um, she had from a ten year chicken. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but it was just like it was like you know I, I would you know you got self love is super important. So mm-hmm. you know I, I respect that part of it. But for me personally, if I had gained that much weight, I might just like not. You know, I would skip the 10-year 10, 10 challenge, personally. But some of the better ones that I had seen were people that were more so posting life progress. That's dope. Yeah. Like, people that, you know, 10 years ago, they might have been working uh, at Carl's Jr. And then, you know, 10 years later, they homeowners or something like That's that. That's dope. Those, those are the that. ones, yeah, that I, I love had seen. That. It, was, it was some other ones that I had seen where people just showing the progress of, of their career where, you know... Like maybe an artist, like 10 years ago, they were on SoundCloud and now they're selling out arenas or yeah. something like that. So those are the ones I appreciate. When you're just posting pictures, I don't I don't get it, but I, I'm not necessarily knocking anybody that's, no. you know, just kind of like having fun on social media. But um, for me, I, I'm very like intentional with the way I move. So you probably won't see me posting no 10-year challenge. Even, <laughs> even if I did post a 10-year challenge, it would probably be on my story, not like not on like my timeline for it to just live forever. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, as far as the 10-year challenge, I'm more consumed with where my life genuinely went in those 10 years than actually um, just a picture because I have grown in 10 years, which is mm-hmm. a beautiful thing. What, I, do you, what, do you, what are like some of the ways in which you've grown the most? I've had a career change and made mm-hmm. more money. I am not rich, but I have made more money significantly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I have found my passion in life, which is podcasting. Um, I have also ventured out in, you know, creating a brand for myself. It's been a process, and I have mm-hmm. not completed that. So I, I tread lightly on that, but I'm venturing off into that. Mm-hmm. Um, and I have many more things on my list, but it, it'll take me a while to get them out of my brain. But yeah, I have grown in 10 years, and I'm proud of that. Because to be stagnant for 10 years, that's, oh, man, 10 years is a lot of time. Yeah. You know, it, people say, oh, it goes by fast, but. For sure. At the same time, man, if you haven't did shit in 10 years, in, nothing significant, you haven't take, taken any risk, that's another one, I, taking a risk. Because mm-hmm. uh, when I went to get my CDL, I quit my job. Mm-hmm. You know, I quit my job to get my CDL, and I, it left me with no plan B. So I had to be successful in trucking. Like, I had to make it in trucking mm-hmm. or I would, would have been fucked. Mm-hmm. So I do pride myself on that. But I have a whole lot of things I can do. And 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 I'm still on I'm still on track to become my higher self. But yeah. I'm not impressed with the fucking photo. Yeah. I haven't changed too much over 10 years. Mm-hmm. I'm still like this... I'm sure there's been some changes, but nothing too significant. I've seen some photos, and I was like, oh, it's not too much different. <laughs> Look pretty much the same. Yeah, pretty much the same. Mm-hmm. No drugs and alcohol. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's a, it's it's kind of sad, though, when I when I do think about the majority of people that I knew. Like, so I graduated in 2010, but when you, uh, when you, when you look at, you know how people have progressed or changed over ten years, and you you communicate with some of these people and just you know check on them, see how they're doing and stuff like that, and you realize that 
a lot of them aren't doing much with their lives or the same conversations that they had in 2011 or 2012 or whatever when when you know they were talking about doing certain things they they just still haven't done them and it just it's so sad to me And, and i think that's part of the reason why i like you know kind of made a a promise to myself to to do any and everything and to really accomplish these things because I think the worst the worst person on <laughs> earth is a person that is just a talker. Yeah. It's just, you know, talking about what they're going to do or, you know, like, oh, I got this idea. We're going to get this cracking in 2022 and I'm going to make sure this happens. And it's just like you you see that so much, you just get you get exhausted. You I, talked I, yourself out of it, man. Yeah, even my... um one of my boys, Blue, the one that directs a lot of the music videos, when when people approach him about like music videos, I can tell if he's intrigued or I can tell if he knows if the person is actually going to do it or not mm. um, just by his reaction. Was he, His reaction is always the same, but he's in a position to where like he understands that a lot of people talk. So he understands that people will call him up like, hey, man, what are we going to shoot? Like, I got this budget right here. And then he knows that oftentimes, like, it never materializes. So he's always like, all right, man, just, like, shoot me a text or shoot me the money and we could, we could figure something out. So, you know, it's, he's just in a position to where he knows, he knows that the majority of people that are... Yeah, they're going to fucking fizzle out. Yeah, exactly. So, um, yeah, it, it just it's just an unfortunate thing where you you start to see like the challenge is cute on the surface but when you really do a deep dive into it you realize that these people are just like stale yeah but what i want people to do is do a 10-year assessment off of social media and ask yourself what have you gotten back like significantly better at in 10 years just Mm -hmm. take a moment to ask yourself have you made significantly more money have you done anything financially have you um, lost weight? Have you had a good relationship? Um, are you still an alcoholic? If if you have these problems, you fucking up. Because mm-hmm. the next 10 years is going to be fucked up. And now you're going to be too old. Mm-hmm. And that's going to be, it's not, you're still not going to be too old, but you're going to be old. You're going to be too old to be a failure. You're going to be in a different era in your life. Yeah. And you can't, when you, the older you get, the less opportunity you have to fail. Like, yes. We're at a, point now in both of our lives where this podcast has to work because yeah. we've invested so much time into it yeah and we're not 18 19 years old no more 100 percent, we're yeah. grown men yeah keith is going on 30 i'm yeah, going on 37 30. years old that's why in march mm-hmm. so it's like we don't have time to be investing in things and by the way we actually love doing this but like he just said me and keith are both grown men so mm-hmm. to openly invest yourself in something that you don't see the foresight of it growing, that's just that's a waste of everyone's time. Yeah. Um, but a lot of people will invest in things and people that don't grow them, and they just keep going back to it. Mm-hmm. It's like, man, what the fuck are you? You're not afraid to waste time. We're mm-hmm. all gonna die someday. Mm-hmm. I hope you realize that. And then when you die, you are gonna look back at your life and be like, fuck, I didn't do shit with mm-hmm. myself. Mm-hmm. That's gotta suck. If you have any any form of consciousness. After you die, and imagine there's this big screen that shows your whole life from the time you were born all the way to when you die, and it just says the word shit across it because you didn't do shit. Mm-hmm. That's got to be fucked up. Yeah, that's that's the yeah that's the that's my biggest fear. One of the fears that I have too is like, which kind of brings like a slight form of like anxiety to me is the fact that um, I have a lot of ideas and I know that every day. 
there's somebody out there that may have a similar idea mm-hmm. that is in a different position or a better position to execute some of the yes. ideas. So even like, I remember years ago, I was talking to my brother and I was like, man, like I was humming this song and I couldn't like, I had this melody in my head and I couldn't figure out where it came from or like what song it was. And I was trying to ask him like, yo, do you, do you know what this melody is from? And he couldn't figure it out either. And it was just stuck in my head, and it was it was like basically like weighing on me. And um, fast forward to you know last year or the year before that, Google has the melody recognition, the where app, you could, yeah, yeah, where you can hum a thing. Um, and I had that same conversation with my brother. So it's just like I see those things happening around me, and I'm like, yo, I have to you know Bro, be on the ball so I can start executing these ideas. Me and you have had conversations, and I've brought up something, and we've brought up something as a collaborative, mm-hmm. and the shit came to fruition, but it was someone else's idea. Mm-hmm. And I'm talking about we were years ahead of them, yeah, two-plus years ahead of these people with these ideas. Mm-hmm. I had an idea. I won't go won't go through the whole thing, but I had an idea for Netflix to have a Netflix theater mm-hmm. to have like a flagship, like a flagship uh, uh, theater in Los Angeles, mm-hmm. and like the movies that go straight to Netflix are obviously made like Bird Box or certain major movies. You could go and bring your membership to Netflix theater and get in, mm-hmm. either for a discounted price or for free. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And then mm-hmm. inside of the Netflix theater, you got a real bar and grill. You got a real setup in there. That'd be dope. Yeah. That, that would take Netflix to the next level is actually having a place where you could reach out and touch the people that, you, that have been subscribing to you for years. Yeah. You don't want to become this um, uh, this outside thing like Amazon. Mm-hmm. Like Amazon, bro, they just, they about business. Mm-hmm. Straight business. Yeah, that's all they care about. Amazon is a hit it and quit it. Ha <laughs> ha! Amazon the type of person that'll fuck you and not take you the next day. <laughs> Shout out to Jeff Bezos. Yo. <laughs> nah, Amazon, they hit it and then they won't text you the next day. And then four months later, they're going to send you the little eyes. Like, hey, what's up? Because <laughs> yeah, that's how they be sending those like, hey, you haven't been on Amazon whatever in a while. Like, you ran out of these a while back. You should try to get these now. Yeah, they're giving you suggestions. Mm-hmm. Nigga, leave me alone. I'm not trying to spend money right now. How about that? <laughs> leave me the fuck alone, Amazon. I can't Amazon. afford it. That's you're not using your... It. Well, you ever get that one? You're not fully using your prime benefit to the best... Mm-hmm. It's like, what do you mean I'm not using my prime benefit? Yeah. Who the fuck are you, robot? They for sure want you to spend money. Even with the uh, with the Alexa... It'll uh, send you like voice notifications, like, "Hey, I suggest that you buy this right now." It was, it's been like three weeks since you've bought uh, rice, you know, whatever the case may be. <laughs> and you'd be like, "Duh, like, why, why are you in my business?" I suggest you buy this eight-inch dildo. <laughs> <laughs> you haven't had dick in a while. You should buy a dildo. <laughs> Taekwon is not hitting it from the back anymore. <laughs> You should try the one with the veins. <laughs> oh man, that's wild. Oh man, crazy, crazy. yeah, but, <laughs> yeah, man. Um, I forgot what the fuck we was talking about for a second. Yeah, the ten year challenge. Yeah, yeah I, I think that we should become a little less obsessed with these challenges on social media and a little more obsessed with moving the needle mm-hmm. in our own lives. And I'm not trying to take the fun away from people, so don't don't take me. Don't take me as this this grumpy dude on a on a podcast telling you what to do. Mm-hmm. All I'm saying is, imagine if you lived in a world that was that was equally equally enthusiastic, 
with their own lives as the shit that they post on social media. Because yeah. you can post whatever you want. That's fine. But if it's not, if your life is not really moving, then it doesn't mean anything. You could post all these. You know what's crazy, too? People will think you have an amazing life just because of what you post. Mm-hmm. You could be failing. You could be broke. You could be miserable. You can't. Ha- you could have nothing, but you could stand next to a Mercedes Benz and take a picture of it, and they'll think that's your car. That's so wild to me. Man. That's so wild, man. Yeah. And it's like you could be broke and not have no money, but you live near the beach, so you could walk out to the beach and take a picture of you holding a drink, and now they think you got money. Or man, that Drake line was so powerful, where he was saying like the girl would go on vacation and then take a bunch of pictures. And then post them six months later, seven months later, and make it look like they still on vacation, or they are, yeah. they are on vacation. Then they switch the outfit, switch the bikini, and take certain pictures. It's like it's you. I think what I would I wish that the consumer of content would realize that it's just content. It's yeah. not. It's not a real. It's not real life. Like I don't really post about my life on social media, but I would hope people would realize like that's because I deem I understand what social media is for. It's for right. posting content and it's not even e- even there's certain versions of mm, that's a little subjective <clears throat> though. What? That's kind of subjective. What you mean? Like you saying it's just for <clears throat> for that. Uh, not not that it's not that it's not for people to post their personal right. life, but I'm saying that um the core idea of how we view or how we actually operate on social media is just content. That's so true. even if it's somebody posting their personal life, it's it's still content because right. they're not they're not posting when they're arguing with their husband. That's a fact. They're not posting when you know they're uh it's not nuanced enough to take it as yeah, something different. It's not your real life. It's 100%. a it's a version of what you want to share with people, which is in my opinion content. Highlights. Yeah. So nah. but I just wish that the average person would see that. So when you see whatever rapper pulling up in a wraith or whatever, you realize that that's probably rented or that's probably somebody yeah. else's car or that's just the car that they rented for the music video or whatever. Yeah, I think that's one of my biggest turnoffs, though. Like, just like if I'm dealing with a chick and let's say it's something serious, mm-hmm. if she pulls out her phone and we, let's say we at lunch or something and she wants to take a photo, I'll be like, no, that ain't happening. With you? Yeah, just in general. Mm-hmm. I don't want you taking no pictures of me or mm-hmm. us or nothing. Mm-hmm. Let's give that time. Because what happens, yeah. this is what this is what a lot of, I won't say women are conditioned, but I notice this mainly with women, is they'll get with a dude, they'll start posting pictures, and then you finally start to figure out who each other is. And at that moment, you've evaluated that you may not like each other or it's not going to work. And then once you guys go the other way, now she's taking photos off of social media. Yeah. So now I've become another object that social media has seen that didn't work out. You know, I don't know if that makes sense. No, but, yeah, I understand. So my thing is, is I like that to me is just that's too much. Yeah. So I, I would not want to be like that. Like it's just it's it's just too much. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it, I think a lot of people are conditioned to post these things. Yeah. And then like all the time, like every time is not going to be good. Mm-hmm. So you can't post a bunch of highlights. I see people that have these couples pages or whether it's YouTubes or whatever, that's fine and dandy. But like when everything is a highlight, we know that that shit's not real. Yeah, it's not. It's not. It's that's not, not that's not real. I yeah. know you probably got through cursing each other out. Now that's actually putting a strain on your relationship. Because you gotta you're hold not, up this 
appearance. Yeah, you gotta uphold this appearance. Mm. So you could be yelling and screaming, calling your wife bitches and shit, mm-hmm. and then now you gotta do a, do another YouTube video. Yeah, and it's like damn, like that shit. Yeah, mm-hmm. sometimes too, what you see with the the YouTube relationship pages is uh, you get a glimpse of how they treat each other during some of those challenges or those like pranks. Yeah, like it could be a a prank where. Uh, Somebody is, uh, like, cheating on somebody else or somebody, like, I don't know. It's just, like, whatever the the most, like, craziest prank to get a reaction out of there. YouTube algorithm. And then the uh, the partner or the boyfriend or the girlfriend be flipping out and, like, throwing stuff and cussing. And then they be like, it's just a prank. It's just a prank. And then you're like, oh, okay, that's the real, that's their real relationship. That's probably how this person is reacting behind closed doors when they're right. not throwing on their uh youtube vlog personality so yeah i think for me like i probably when i think about like um social media like i don't post too much of my personal life and i probably never i probably never would but i think maybe if i did post something like in my in my personal life it might be like wedding like a wedding photo or something like that you barely post your music man yeah exactly i'm posting more of your shit dude I'm trying, man. That's my goal. I have, a, I have a legit, like, I wrote it down and stuff. Like, I have a goal of, like, that's why I've been, this is the most consistent I've ever been with, like, you know, making, like, content. So, um, I told like, you that the other focused. day, too. I th- yeah. I think I did. Yeah, yeah. I appreciate it, too. Yeah, I told you. You'd, that's another thing. And this is this is left field. But, like, if you know somebody and they're genuinely, they've either gotten better at something or they're good at something, like, don't. Don't hold back and not tell them that, because mm-hmm. sometimes people need to hear that. And I'm yeah. saying not from not being fake. Like, don't tell them that because you think they need to hear it. But like, if you really feeling something they doing, please tell them. Yeah, don't put no fire emojis under nothing just yeah. because it's your friend. That's the that's what I hate the most. You know, yeah. it got to be you know it got to be authentic. If yeah. not, just don't like if, if you don't like it, just don't say anything. Don't say anything, and it's yeah. not hating or nothing. Mm-hmm. You know, just leave it alone. And here's the thing. If they po- if they have something that's decent and you put the fire emoji, that's cool. But if they don't, don't say shit. Yeah, just keep it keep it pushing. And then more than likely, the artist might come to you like, "Hey man, like, I need some honest critique." You yeah. Know, what do you What do you, you like? with this? Yeah. Yeah, because then it, it's harder for the artist to grow when no one's telling them the truth. Yeah, you're kind of in this echo chamber. I think some some people for sure have like a like a like a good palate. Like they know if something is. Is good or not, but sometimes like it's people that be putting out music that's not that great or content yeah. that's not that great, and you know they have a like this overvalued idea of like themselves or what they're doing. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, hundred percent. I mean, your 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 affirmation is like the world, you know. So if you're putting out something that's not getting no traction, then it might might be time to switch it up. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I think what happens is you can't. You're going to get some form of traction if you're putting out content that's pretty decent, mm-hmm. regardless of what it is. Me and Keith got some traction. We've seen those numbers go boom, they're shooting up. Like, the numbers got really good. Yeah. You know, they have times where they go down, they go up, they go down, but me and Keith don't waver. But we understand that people invest in podcasts and that sometimes they listen or they listen in spurts. There's no way to control that. But mm-hmm. when you've got the when you've gotten the feel from the audience knowing that they listen to you, that's a huge fucking deal, man. No, for sure. That that's the thing. Like what I've realized, like I'm more scientific with my approach these days. Um, I realize, like, uh, it's 
it's easy and difficult at the same time. The hard part is being good. That's, that's like that's that's the part that's going to take some work. That's the part where you got to put in a ten thousand hours. But the easy part is the uh, the consistency and the content. So you know, if you're good at making music um, and you're putting out a lot of music, then people are going to find it somehow. You know, whether you're you know marketing it on TikTok or you're you know paying for ads on on Instagram and Facebook, paying for ads on TikTok, paying for ads on YouTube, people are going to find it if it's good. Right. Um, and that's that's just the power of the internet. Like I and just over the past week or so, I may I may have had like twenty people message me. Uh, saying like, "Yo, I heard your song here. I just randomly stumbled across your song." Like there was even a guy, like in uh, using like Russia or something, and he was like DJing and playing my song on the thing. And then he uh, he messaged me, and he he was already like, I don't even know how he got the download. He might have like ripped it off of YouTube or something. But um, I just sent him like the what they call a DJ pack with the instrumental and the vocals and stuff like that. And he was just like mixing and uh, scratching and stuff like that. So it's just like put the content out there like if you good and it, and it's not even not, not even talking about just content like put whatever you got out there whether it's a, a clothing line or uh you know food or cookies whatever the case may be um just put it out there and the world will uh tell you if something is good or not but sometimes the world can lie to you yes they can sometimes like the world is just not ready for because i mean we we've seen like i guess the closest artist you know that we have a relationship with, um, like a, not really a relationship, but like Blast, right? Like right, right He's been right. making good music for like <clears throat> three, four years now. And it only took him until like 2021 where he really, really popped off. Yeah. But um, it was just a matter of time. So I would say like the world wasn't necessarily like being honest with how talented he was. But now- No, because they're, you know. they're not. Here's the thing. The way the world looks at you is they don't believe in you until you make it. And then mm-hmm. when you do make it, they'll be like, I've been listening to Blast since he first came out. <laughs> and he had that very first song in his basement. I've yeah. been listening to him since then. And it's like, no, you didn't, bitch. Okay? Ah, damn. You, know, <laughs> you didn't listen to me back mm-hmm. then. Yeah. yeah. You know, And I'm not mad at you. But truth be told, most people don't believe in you until you make it. Yeah. So you have to overcome that. You have to overcome that hurdle as a content creator. Yeah. That's just the reality of it. The people yeah. that listen to us, they love they love the conversation. They actually believe in the content we put out and we appreciate you. And we don't we don't speak badly on anyone who may find this new this podcast as a new podcast or whatever. But truth be told, some people will listen to you, love it, and still tune out because they're like, Oh, this podcast ain't going nowhere. And the, when people are too close, it's hard for them to really like to really grasp it. Right, right. right. So as many DJs as I know in, in Bakersfield, like no one has ever like made a video of them like scratching my song, right? Right. So when there's somebody in whatever country across the the globe, they're just completely objective because all they're listening for is quality. Like yeah. they don't have a personal relationship with anybody. So like the there was one girl, she posted on her story. It was like a blast. It might have been like Chosen or something. And then the next song, it was like my song. And I was like, that's um, not to compare myself to Blast, but I'm saying like all they're listening for is like, is it good or is it not? That's because it. they don't have no real relationships with nope. anybody. But if you're in Bakersfield and you're listening to this podcast, you're like, oh, that's cool. Like, you know, I respect y'all podcast, but they're more willing to 
acknowledge somebody or listen to somebody that they're not actually uh, that they don't have have a relationship with. Hundred mm-hmm. percent. By the way, I didn't use the B word towards women. Just giving a preface and oh, okay, yeah, just giving a heads up there. But if you did, you know, no, nah, I didn't. I didn't. It's fine. It's cool. I didn't do that. It's cool. <laughs> 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 no, but yeah, there, there's that man. Mm-hmm. Not a whole month. Not a whole lot else to say. Yeah. Uh, so we'll go ahead and move that's it. That's it. I mean. Mm-hmm. That would be like, you know, we kind of like changed the the idea of the 10-year challenge, but mm-hmm. that would be cool to see like your skill set 10 years uh, from now. It like, better be fine. Huh? It better be very refined, very good. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like if you're, say you're an artist, like post a, and I've seen this a couple times, but post a picture that you drew in 2012 and then post a picture that you, you drew in 2020, uh, 2022. Yeah. Um, and see, like, you know, have you refined your skills? If you're a photographer, like, post a picture that you did that long ago and then post the one that you did now. All those hours, hours and hours, they make, they na- if you're invested and you love what you do, they naturally will make you better. You will reach your na- your your natural potential. You will reach it based on mm-hmm. the fact that you put in, me and Keith got over, what, 16,000 hours? Mm-hmm. Yeah, probably like 16,000 yeah. at this point. 16 plus thousand hours of content. From yeah. the podcast, mm-hmm. so we can have a conversation without fumbling over our words. Yeah, you know, and and we could have this whole conversation with no dead air. Think about this as a skill. Let's say this: the We're, only dead air is coming out of your ass. Oh yeah, I farted loud earlier, man. That was bad. <laughs> yeah, man, I'm coming off this cold, and somehow I got gas. That's a wild cold. Co- like all, all all the elements were working against me: my gassy stomach, my sick body, and shit. That's hilarious. And I still showed up for episode 200, man. Yeah, yeah. No excuses for me, man. Yeah, I don't yeah. care if I shit my pants. I'm still going to do this podcast. You almost did once. Oh, one time yeah, I almost did. Be, yeah. My stomach was oh it was my stomach was so nuclear that day. <laughs> I feel like I had fucking oh man I feel like I had Hiroshima in my stomach. There was uh, somebody selling farts as NFTs. You seen that? No, I didn't see that. Yes. Yeah, if they doing NFT that, farts. I could. I'm over here wasting my farts on the fucking Tell podcast. You could be rich. I could be rich. I finally bought. I finally bought my uh, NFT. I think I seen that. The, the yeah. Steph Curry. Yeah. That shit was up there. That shit was like eight hundred. Huh. It, it was like five hundred. Oh wow. Five something. But that, I, that's I not st- normal now. I still don't know what I'm doing. Like it's, <laughs> to do that, pro, that whole That's process okay. took me so long, um, and I still am not very familiar with it. But it was on sale, so I ended up buying it. Um, but yeah, I have, I have like because you have to, you have a like a wallet, but you have to invest in the Ethereum, and then you have to use the Ether- the Ethereum to pay for the NFTs. So you have to like purchase the the ethereum and then you have to use the ethereum to purchase the nft and it's just, yeah. it's a whole process i, I think i think yeah. that a lot of this stuff is in place to discourage the casual investor. oh for sure it, if it, i was a regular dude if yeah. i wasn't a psychopath i would have gave up a long time ago <laughs> yeah. yeah i think it's to discourage the average just investor the one that says i got ten thousand dollars i want to invest <laughs> yeah, yeah you know they mm-hmm. they kind of like hey you're gonna have to go through this fucking rabbit hole before you get this nft motherfucker and and it's a thing to where there's no there's no uh, returns on anything, right? So wow. say because uh, you have to use um, like address what they call addresses to transfer things and transfer money and stuff like that. So mm-hmm. if I transfer money, say I was going to give you, you know, maybe I you purchased something with uh, or you, you you traded me an NFT, whatever the case may be. Yeah. Um, and you have an address to your wallet. If I put one wrong number in there, whatever the case may be, 
and then I uh, I send that, it's gone forever. There's no wow. way that I can that you could get it back. So it's kind of like it's it's so much so many stakes. Like that yeah. there was a um, article a while back with a guy that had uh, some Bitcoin and he lost his uh, I oh, think he lost his address or yeah. his wallet or something and. Like yeah, yeah, like a lot of money in Bitcoin, yeah. like a like a couple million or something. Yeah, and if you if you don't have that that address or that you know login, because I think even the password, like you can't, it's just it's just money. That's why when space. you invest in something, you can't just you have to believe in what you're doing. Oh shoot, you shouldn't be making moves out here in the world and not believe in what you're doing. Mm-hmm. Like this podcast, like me and Keith keep tabs on the analytics and things of that nature, where mm-hmm. the analytics are coming from, what city and state they're coming from. Mm-hmm. Like these things matter. When you just do a podcast and you don't care at all, like, like how do you expect to go anywhere? Yeah. You know, me and Keith have our moments where we're like, fuck, like numbers ain't great right now. Then they jump up crazy again. But at the same time, man, you, you have to stay in the game. That's probably the most important thing. Um, yeah. They talked to Gary Vee about um, uh, NFTs recently. Mm-hmm. And he said, like, so a person that's got $500 right now and they want to invest in NFT, how do they do it? He's like, right right now, the NFTs are fucking expensive right now. So <laughs> it's going to be really hard to do it. But what they can end up doing is going and investing in something else. And then you could do this. And then you could just fucking just go full throttle on that. NFTs and then wait till they come back. And then eat blueberries and figure it out. <laughs> I love Gary V, but that guy loves to hear himself talk too much. Yeah, Gary I love v Gary man. It. Yeah, and and I would love to have a conversation with him, but I I kind of wouldn't because I know that that conversation would be very one sided. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because Gary would there. Gary doesn't listen. I mean, even Charlemagne had an interview with him. And he says, "Gary, are you still not listening to people when they yeah. talk?" Yeah, and he's like, oh, "I'm sorry, it's just a really bad, really bad habit." Yeah, I could only imagine like being in a relationship with him. Like his wife is probably pulling her hair out. Oh, his wife is probably losing her mind. He's like, yeah. "All right, I'm gonna eat your pussy right now. <laughs> Can't you lift your legs back? But you didn't please me last time. If we what? turn your NF- if if we turn your pussy into an NFT." <laughs> And just push it to the maximum content, content, content. Pussy, pussy, pussy. <laughs> I'm gonna put your leg right here. <laughs> put a blueberry in there. <laughs> hey, if you guys don't know who Gary Vaynerchuk is, go look him up. And you, you, this this whole little thing we're saying will be a whole lot fucking funnier. No, Gary V is comedy. Gary V is hilarious. Mm-hmm. And what, what the way he listens to people is hilarious too. He'll have like a 19 year old because he's been known for speaking to the youth a lot. Mm. Sometimes. He gives ama- amazing like feedback, but a lot of times it's just trash. It's like it's it's like one it's like a one stop shop for information mm-hmm. that's not always the best. Mm-hmm. He'll be like, okay, and the kid will be nervous. They'll be like, okay, um, I'm a Gary. I'm 19, and like my parents. Wait, stop right there. Your parents? What are they doing to you? Well, they want me to go to college. They want me to go to college. Fuck your parents, first of all. Do what you want. Do you want to go to college or do you want to be an entrepreneur? I want to be an entrepreneur. Well, stop right there. First of all, content, 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 and gratitude. Thank you. Next person. You like, damn. Gary didn't give them shit. Gary V need a Bible. Yeah, but the same fucking words all the way to the front and the back. Chapter 120 is still be like content, content, content. <laughs> nah, be hilarious. One, one thing that I uh, will say is that um, I think that people trying to move in any capacity, um, you have to start treating whatever you're doing like a business, right? Yes. So, um, 
just being like extremely intentional uh, with with what you got going on. Like, so right. for example, I was uh, shooting some content for this this uh, record label, and um, they were in a meeting. And what? And this is what I do. Like, you know, for people who uh, I guess who are out there. Like, what you what you really should do in any scenario, especially the positions that I'm in, because I'm around like certain artists. I'm around record labels. I'm around musicians and stuff like that. Right. Um, you have to just be a fly on the wall and listen to everything everybody is saying. So yes. basically I'm in this meeting and they're doing this whole rollout. Like they're having a meeting and they know when certain things are going to be posted on Instagram. So mm. they're like seven days before the single comes out, this photo is coming out. Six days, this photo is coming out. Um, we're going to fly out to this place and we're going to have a pop-up shop here. So it's broken down like to, to yeah. a T. Um, and that made me realize, and I had already known it before, but that made me realize uh, more so like, yo, whatever you're doing, you have to treat it as like it's an LLC. Maybe if it's not an LLC yet, but you got to treat it like it's an LLC. Like you got to pay taxes every quarter. Mm-hmm. Um, even if you're just uh, uh, just uh, making skits on Instagram, you got to realize like, okay, you know, even write it down if you need to. Like, okay, Monday, Wednesday, Friday, I'm going to post a new skit every every day. On uh, on Tuesday, I'm probably going to shoot three or four skits, um, get them knocked out, get them edited, it get them edited, and then um, even they have a like the Instagram uh, business manager or whatever where you can um, you can schedule your posts. So you get those things knocked out, uh, put them in there, schedule them for whatever day at whatever time that is the most traffic. Like you just have to be that yeah. researched in order to make it now because it's a lot of noise. It's a lot of noise in, out in, here. In regards <laughs> to NFTs, this is just a random conversation. In regards to NFTs, <clears throat> NFTs, how involved is the IRS in that? Do they have any involvement yet or they're not involved? In uh, I, th- I believe the only involvement they have is um, when you're – when you're selling anything, you're selling they're gonna anything. yeah, the, you you know you're making profit and you're you're getting money off of it. They're, you'll probably get like a ten ninety nine yeah. from whatever uh, application. What, what I'm wondering, there has to be a loophole. They I, actually, I think they actually have a government like Bitcoin, if I'm not mistaken. Mm-hmm. I think they because when you look on there, it's like Bitcoin, it's Ethereum, it's mm-hmm. Dogecoin, it's yeah. like you could you could buy any of it. I believe the government has one. I might what, be tripping though. What what I'm wondering is there's a if there's like a gray area where you can sell something, but you can sell it in like an offshore account. Uh-huh. And you can motherfucking cash out in like Brazil or something. <clears throat> I mean, it's it's probably possible because there's no what they do also, there's not sometimes it's not like really a connection to like even the person that started Bitcoin. Right. We don't know who it is. You know, so what I that's mean? that's the beautiful thing about it. So mm-hmm. it's harder to track. Yeah, I think that this is another outlet for a lot of extremely wealthy people to protect their assets. Oh yeah, because sure. the way that inflation's going and all this other shit, and then the IRS is taxing you and it's taxes on everything. It's like it puts you in a position where it's harder to become successful as a regular human being. In order to become successful as a regular human being, you got to work a lot mm-hmm. just to make a decent living, and mm-hmm. it's becoming more unattainable. For the average American. So the, the long-term objective is to work less and live off the fruits of your previous labor. Yeah, I sure. feel like if you invested in NFTs or you invested in the stock market or whatever, it's like, fuck that job. Don't go to that job anymore. 
find a way to invest that money maybe in rent, in rental properties or whatever else mm-hmm. and live off that man it, it's an outdated it is an outdated um business practice to work hard especially yeah. when you don't own the fucking business like and I look I'm not shitting on anybody that's a hard worker at all but I do my job there's a difference between doing your job like I do my job and I do my job at a decent level mm-hmm. I do what's asked of me at my job but I'm not willing to go above and super beyond this and that when I don't own the company. There's a mm-hmm. difference. Mm-hmm. Like I'm willing to work and do the job at a high level. Mm-hmm. But some people go above and beyond and they work at Wendy's. Mm-hmm. And they're not getting any extra money for it. Nothing. Dude, you have to find a way to make enough money and get out of the th- – it's a it's an old played out game. Yeah, 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 for sure. You it, it, Coming down to like, you know, like – but what, like I was saying earlier, like treat everything like a business. Sometimes you got to treat your job or the money you're. I'm charging for sex now. Fuck that shit. There you go. Sex is a business too. Yeah. But you, like you want it, this NFT. <laughs> this <is> NFD. <laughs> 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 but um, if you got if you work like there's a lot of people working at Amazon out here in Bakersfield now. Um, <clears throat> fi- figure out how how much your bills cost, and then figure out how much money you're making, and then figure out. Like with that extra money you have, how you can get out of the rat race. So that may right. be saving up to buy an NFT. That may be, um, you know, saving up to invest in, in stocks and stuff like that. Or putting um, my uh, my girl's dad was telling me that at one point he would buy an Apple stock pretty much every time he got paid. Like once a month he would he would buy uh, Apple stock, and the next thing you know he had like fifty or sixty you know, Apple, Apple stocks and he, you know, he moved them around uh, since then, but it's just, it really is, it, it, it's, it's being intentional and being consistent with uh, the way you move out here. And it's just a little bit every day, you know, you, you would just, you see like you, you'd be surprised how much um, growth you'd have in a, in, in the, you know, in reference to a 10 year challenge or, you know, in reference to maybe six months, if you just were consistent and intentional with, uh, how you were moving your money around. 100%, man. Yeah. 100%. Uh, let's see. <clears throat> Switching gears. Uh, recently, I sent this. I haven't found any good articles on this. So this has been all over the place. But um, Earn Your Leisure is a pot. It's like a financial podcast. Mm-hmm. And they talked about like uh, like venture capital or like venture capital companies, I guess, mm-hmm. are investing in content creators such as podcasters, YouTubers, and and all types of other content creators. I mm-hmm. think TikTokers too. Yeah. And basically what they're doing is is they're finding these content creators and they're investing in that actual content. So for example, there's a, there's a content creator, she got 1.7 million dollars from this company. But what they get in return is they get a piece of her content after so long, I forgot. I forgot the, exactly how long it is. Mm-hmm. But what it's what it's saying is is that content is king. Yeah, and sure. the unfortunate thing about a lot of people is these these venture capital companies are going to be taking advantage of a lot of content creators. Mm-hmm. So if your shit's moving like on its own and you're getting numbers without them, but it, let's say you let's say me and Keith, right? Let's say we're me, probably like the perfect candidates exactly. for this type of thing. Yeah. Exactly. Let's say let's say within the next year our numbers are going crazy, and they they say, hey. We see your guys' content. We love you guys. We want to give you guys two point five million dollars right now, but we would need uh, it'd be some crazy number. We need forty three percent in this. You'd be like, man, get the fuck out of here. Mm-hmm. Like some people, would, a smart person would say that. 
say what? Yeah, smart person would say get the fuck out of here. Mm-hmm. Like my thing is, I'm willing to go through the go through the struggle of being a content creator and a worker, and not to mention, I would gladly turn that two point five million dollars down. A lot of people will say, Eddie, you're full of shit. You would totally get the money. No, I would not. And me and Keith as a collaborative would not take the money because we've seen too many music artists being taken advantage of with these fucked up deals. Yeah. And what's these other one? These perpetuity deals. Yeah. So it's like we own this much in perpetuity. Yeah. And it's like, no, motherfucker, <laughs> you shouldn't own nothing. Yeah, man. You you realize like I watched so many interviews and read articles and watch people communicate that's independent artists, people that communicate that are uh you know even even good deals bad deals whatever and you see it so often i was watching this um it was like a mini six minute documentary with um the artist brent faez and he was talking about how uh he um he had the one song i forget the name of the song but he was on the hook of the song he's like i see money all around me and i come to man i can't think of the name of the song but Mm. um he he was on the hook of that song, and then after that, like he was going crazy. Like everybody in the country wanted to offer him a deal, and then basically what he was saying is the same thing that Eddie was saying. Like they they offered him a quarter million dollar advance, but he was only getting like fifteen percent on that's ridiculous. Like, every you know every song or every dollar. It's that my he made. shit. Yeah, and that's when he was like, "No, nah, I'm 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 turning this down." And he was super transparent with his numbers, and he was like, "Excuse me," he was saying like. I spend, um, he's like, I got this amount of money, uh, monthly listeners. I make, you know, it was like $28,000 from streaming every month wow. with the analytics that I find That's on good. those streaming platforms. I use that to uh, pick my shows and the locations for my shows. That's smart. In the locations where I'm having my shows, I spend $20 a day to run ads um, in those locations to, you know, sell more tickets to those shows. And it's just like a whole, like, cyclical thing that he has. And he's obviously not touching a quarter million dollars in one WAP. He's doing but, fucking great. Yeah, but he could definitely get to that, and he's owning all of his music. Yeah. He's not having to bust it down with a record label where they're giving him a crazy split. Yeah. So um, the same with these content creators. It's like if you if you are smart and you're patient and you play the long game, it's it's uh it's going to be much more beneficial because you got to think like there are content creators out here especially on TikTok that was on TikTok maybe a year ago or yeah. you know before the pandemic and they had already kind of grown a, a following um, they eating good now they just released yeah. the numbers where yeah. certain, certain TikTok people was making like you know five million dollars a year ten million dollars a year and stuff like that and that's just off of post sponsored posts and stuff like that I so, just sent Keith one uh, the, the, yesterday. What that dude that that had that song that's real popular on TikTok? Oh yeah, and mm-hmm. I don't understand, baby, why I can't breathe. Mm-hmm. I, I can't really sing, that, <laughs> but it's the "Breathe for Me" song. Yeah, breathe yeah, for that's me. the first time I had heard it, but that song is fire. Yeah, but mm-hmm. it's fucking massive on TikTok, and that guy got amassed a crazy audience. Yeah, and a lot of artists are eating off TikTok. It's become the new SoundCloud, except yeah. better. Yeah, and more personal. And you see visuals of people. You see visual of people. Mm-hmm. So TikTok is, I think TikTok is probably one of the dopest apps, dog. Like, just based on that it's real people doing real shit. Yeah, some clown shit on there, but if you have a decent algorithm and you don't look at trash, you won't get trashed. No, it, it's the best app because it has everything that you want 
would want as a consumer of content. So if you're just a horny person and you just want to follow girls doing, you know, yeah, just the little booty challenges and all that, like it's on there, um, they're going to steer you to their OnlyFans page and all the other stuff, and you're going to be super satisfied. But if you're a person that is, like, on there to consume, like, information about nfts or stocks or right you get that you know podcasts whatever yeah um yeah you're gonna get that in abundance and it's gonna be people on there that's like giving away just like million like no pun intended million dollars worth of game yeah um like super valuable there's like people on there they'd be like hey there was a guy on there he was like hey guys i produced this song for kanye west what i'm gonna do for you know all of my followers out there i'm gonna do this challenge if you remix my song um, I'll you know help you produce your next track and I'll send you three hundred dollars or something. And it's just like if that on no other platform are people doing that. No, you know what I mean. No. So you're you you're touching people that are are like you know in super high yeah. places and they just on there you know just chopping it up with different people. So TikTok is dope. Charlemagne yeah. was talking about I ain't got no damn TikTok or whatever. And they said, you need to create a TikTok. He got over like 40 million impressions or whatever. Mm-hmm. And he was like, nah, I'm, I'm, on, I'm on there without using it. And what, t- what Charlamagne don't realize is I think that that's where he could thrive. Mm-hmm. He, he's in a position where he doesn't even have to make the content, though. No, it's already up. Yeah. It's just like if he... Uh, and I don't... Does he have a page? No. Oh, is, does the show have a page? I think the show has one. Okay, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, that, I mean, that's pretty... I mean, it's still him. Technically, it's a show. But yeah, if he if he just had somebody create content for him, like that's what I was part of that record label that I was working with. Um, they have like content creators that are, you know, people that are designing and you know doing helping their artists with you know making TikToks and creative ideas and stuff like that. So yeah, content is king, man. Like if you if yeah. you if you even like whatever it is like if you just like to talk to a camera if you do that five times a week the tiktok algorithm is going to be very favorable favorable to you yeah you know you might have some content is king dude a lot of people are listening to podcasts they may be at work they may be obviously like i mentioned like in transit um but it's also they listen for information and if you're a person that happens to have information and you give that to people they'll come back because now they know something that they didn't so if you're just a podcast that talks about nothing, like if, if it's a comedic type podcast, that's fine. You can still gain an audience from that. But when you are actually giving people something that they can use, that is when they come back. Yeah, there's value in that. Then then you can sell something off, off the back of that. True. There are people, they, they have it down packed where it's like, hey, guys, if you want to be um, – so I'll, I'll just speak about my personal algorithms, what they look like. There's a guy that's like – Hey, if you want to get your song in movies, um, you have to do this, this. Make sure you have a clean version of your song. Make sure you own the rights to this. Make sure you own the rights to that, blah, 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 blah. And then they'll be like, hit the link in the bio if you want to know more information. So it's like, dang, you already gave me like 80% of it. Mm -hmm. But if I did need that extra 20% to get me over the hump or to put me in touch with people that I need to to know, then it's like I would spend the $10, $15 for the... Yeah. The only issue with that, and, and it's, it's not really an issue, it's great that that information is given, but sometimes that information can be antiquated. Mm-hmm. And what happens is you, you'll be paying for something that you don't even fucking need. Yeah. You know, you, you, it's like the, 
as the internet continues to evolve, so does business practices. Mm-hmm. And the same business practices that took you to go through these back doors and sign this and have this legal and this legal, it's they, moving so they fast. shrunk it down so yeah. much to get to the consumers and yeah. the actual content creators faster. Yeah. Because if you're making a content creator jump through hoops and he's popular, he could if he knows he could jump through less hoops with someone else, he's going to be like, I don't want to deal with this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know? Mm-hmm. So, yeah. There's that. Um, if you're a content creator yourself and you see your content taken off, remember this conversation and don't let nobody buy your shit. Yeah. Not even buy your shit, excuse me. Don't let somebody offer you a number of money you've never had and you get weak for it. Because what's going to happen is they're going to offer you that money. But then they're going to end up owning your shit and you're going to end up owing them money. So you took $1.7 million back, but you got to pay that back with interest. So we're talking close to $3 million you got to pay back. Yeah, it's a, it's a it's a cold game, but yeah. it's it's in a, and it's a business that takes advantage of uh, creators. It's not. Um, right. I, when I when I actually think about it, though, I, I I don't know if I have the opinion of something being right or not because we're not in 1990 no more. Like mm. it's somebody coming out, out every single day. Like yeah, this is Big Sean, mm-hmm. YG, Kanye West, Drake. Like <laughs> every artist has had some sort of gripe about how their record deal has like you know played out. So mm-hmm. for I don't I don't feel sorry for artists no more. Is what I'm no. saying. Like if you sign in them deals and you're not getting nobody to look over it, then like. Yes, yeah. that's, that's tough loss. YG said he didn't get no check from like, <clears throat> he didn't get no check from I can say from music. Yeah, he said he sold twenty some you know million records and he never touched no money from from none of his music. That's crazy. But they, it's it's a you know you get that advance and then the way the 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 contracts are designed for you to kind of stay in the hole because they're giving you more and more money and if you're not recouping that money. Um, they're just pushing that <coughs> to the next album, and then it just keeps stacking up. So basically, you have this huge loan that you haven't been able to pay back because you're not selling enough records. You know what's fucked up too is like not only do you have the record labels that are fucking you, but then you got taxes on top of that. Yeah. So if you're if you get a crazy if you get a um, you, they're not giving you way over a million dollars as a especially In as an artist. Yeah. You, you might you might get around that, or maybe like eight fifty or something like that. You got to be moving if if you yeah. really if you want to get like a million you got to be like you got to be super viral yeah you got to be super yeah because like with um I, I really love the way Blast and Vic are moving yeah I think that's really dope how they're moving man and, mm-hmm. and Vic is somebody that I would love to have a conversation with he's very smart if you don't know who yeah, Vic, Vic is, is that's genius. Blast the the artist Blast that's his manager yeah listen go watch the episode with uh this Vic the Ruler and uh, Bootleg Kev. Great yeah. fucking conversation. Yeah, yeah. Great comment. Lots of game in there. And the guy's younger than me. He's probably only maybe 29. Mm-hmm. So young dude, but very smart. But mm-hmm. he's from the hood. He's from the streets. Mm-hmm. So here's the thing. With Vic, you can't play him on some street shit because he's from the streets. Mm-hmm. And you can't play him on the business stuff because he's got it two degrees. Mm-hmm. So he's a guy you just not that might gonna, be. I think he got three. Yeah, so he might. I think he might have three degrees. Mm-hmm. So you're not gonna get over on this guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's probably one of those guys where school was easy for him. Yeah, it probably was easy for him, and I think he he also like f- had a a natural curiosity. Yeah, which kind of made it um, a lot easier for him. Because I think a lot of times with with people that are, you know, like especially people from urban communities. Yeah, um, and I don't even like that terminology, but like just people from our our walk of life yeah. uh, often don't find 
subject matter is interesting. No. So they kind of tune out. And I think he he seems like the type of person that he probably knew what he wanted to do for for a very long time. Yeah, but you'll yeah. be definitely interested when the IRS is up your ass and you got an advance that yeah, you got to pay back. Yeah, it's too so late. So it's then. too late by that point. <laughs> yeah. So if you if you make yourself and you force yourself to be interested, I think you can make artists interested when you if you sit 20 or 30 of them down in a room and you say this artist here, this artist here, this artist here and then you take a picture from them when they was rolling and you said but look at them now. I just seen him homeless over there on uh La Cienega Boulevard. Mm-hmm. Sleeping on the corner, yeah, and they'll be like, "God damn!" Mm-hmm. You know, I just seen this guy off of this street homeless, and he was a rapper in the '80s. This mm-hmm. guy was a rapper in the '90s, but now he's in prison. This guy's here, and it's like, if you want your story to end like these guys, then keep doing what you're doing. Yeah, you know, like the shit you see with Lil Pump and all these other people, like that shit is a facade, man. If yeah. you want real wealth, you can't move like that. Walk, throwing money in your videos, that's not real money. Real money is like. You could be the type of dude you might have, you know, eight, nine million dollars, but in NFTs you got forty million. Mm-hmm. Like shit, like that. Mm-hmm. That's like that's real money. Yeah. Like I don't. If I got, if I literally got, and this is God honest truth. If I had four million dollars tomorrow, I would realize how little bit of money that is. Yeah, that's the one thing that I've realized. Like. The more money I make, the more I realize like I could blow through this so fast. Oh fuck yeah. You could yeah. blow through four million in a year. Yeah. Oh yeah. If you have no if you have no recollect like not even recollection, if you have no idea of how little bit of four million dollars is, what mm-hmm. I would do first of all is not tell anyone. Mm-hmm. Maybe Keith and maybe another few people would know that I had four million dollars. Yeah. That's the number one the number one way you save money is allow people to keep thinking you regular. Because niggas will be contacting you trying to get some sort of money out you i know you rolling it i know you out here rolling bro i got a business out here and you know i'm trying to start my barbecue business yeah you know i would only need like twelve thousand. is all i would need mm-hmm. it's like man if you don't get the fuck out of my inbox <laughs> yeah yeah for sure and it'd be some super hot chick haha <laughs> lol you're so funny eddie we should really hang out sometime <laughs> like ma, why ma uh rory and ma they were um they were uh talking on their podcast and they had it, i wouldn't call it a double date but they was hanging with these females and um, Rory had said that the f- female that he was with had texted the female that Maul was with and basically said, like, yo, Maul is, Maul is dope. Like, he also just touched $7 million or oh something like God. that. So <laughs> that's that definitely be happening. Like, you, when your business get out there on whatever uh, outlets um, and your, your, your net worth is out there in the world, like, it's, it's inevitable. Yeah, that's... Like imagine, uh, uh, like people like me and Keith, like we could literally, we could literally. I won't say overnight because this has not been overnight. We've been doing this shit in April to be four full years. But if we get a deal for a million dollars, where we still re- maintain ownership, we still realize how little bit that million dollars is. That mm-hmm. that million dollars is just enough to get us to the next deal. Yeah, that's all it is. Yeah, but that million dollars means that we could quit. Whatever we do and focus straight on content, it's pure content. You know, but even then, I probably would be conflicted. Like, you know, I still want to make money, but it's probably mm. not worth, you know, risking my life. You yeah, there's some people that be like, um, shout out to Derek Jenkins. Derek Jenkins. Um, he only this year he has his uh, Fit Movers business, but he only this year stopped working. Um, all of other his jobs that he had, he was like a security guard. Security guard at at a school, I'm um, at high schools, I think, 
for current high school district. Mm-hmm. But only like at the end of at the end of the year, last year or something like that. That was that was when he finally quit. Um, but I'm like, damn, that's crazy. Like to think like his his business be like they be booked up, like they be moving all across town, they be out of town yeah. sometimes. He had to make sure. Yeah, for Everybody sure. Everybody got their comfort. Like mm-hmm. he probably he probably was doing good, but he was like, Let, let's see how this thing goes. Mm-hmm. And you know, now he could he feels fully comfortable, you know. Sustainable. And sustainable and, mm-hmm. and hopefully hopefully the guy could spend more time with his family. Cause I would I would imagine if you work a job and do that, that you know, the demand is high, which yeah. means you will be away from your family a lot. Yeah, yeah, so, for sure. Yeah, man. Mm-hmm. But, shout out to Derek, man. Yeah, shout out to him. But yeah. Switching gears. Um uh, rapper Roddy Rich uh, just had a uh, a huge, I won't say a huge argument, but he had a, a choice of words on the app Clubhouse. Now, first off, Clubhouse is a terrible app. It's just an app where it's a bunch of people trying, and a lot of people have an issue waiting their turn to talk. Mm-hmm. So when you get an app like Clubhouse, it seems like that that whole idea of Clubhouse would be kind of like outdated. Having a bunch of people in one space. And allowing people to talk, like I don't know how great that works, but anyways, it's a, I guess it's a it's a virtual form of what, um, like a conference. It's just a conference call. Yeah. That's all it is. Mm-hmm. Okay, but basically, um, there was a rapper. What's the guy's name again? I think it's Jael. Jael. Mm-hmm. Okay, West Coast rapper. Mm-hmm. Um, older dude too. I think he's like thirty seven or something, or almost mm-hmm. forty or whatever. Um, <clears throat> the guy was basically talking about how Roddy Rich ain't from the hood and. You know how he, he false flagging. He false flagging, basically meaning he's a fake crip or a fake gangbanger. Which, first of all, this, this is not important in the real world. Like <laughs> being a real crip or a fake crip is not going to make you extra money in the real world. Yeah, it's just not. Yeah. But anyways, this guy is a grown ass man saying this about Roddy Rich, who is only twenty three years old. Yeah, Roddy is young. I didn't to, realize that. Yeah. So to make a long story short, Roddy Rich actually got on Clubhouse, which seems like it's kind of beneath him because he doesn't really talk very much. He's mm-hmm. pretty pretty quiet. But he got on there. He was kind of pissed. He's like, yo, I've been hearing you saying I'm false flagging. What's up with that, bro? Mm-hmm. And he said, and then basically Roddy stated his opinion or not his opinion, but his fact and his truth saying I did get put on, bro. He's like, but, you know, I I, I stopped shooting videos in the hood because it was basically it's fucking his money up. The label so, told him to stop shooting videos. Yeah, the, yeah the, the label told him to stop shooting videos in the hood. And Julie Greenwald, I think her name yeah, is. Yeah, that's what he said. Yeah. And he said it's not. it's basically... That street shit was conflicting with his money, so mm-hmm. he he doesn't promote that shit. He don't be throwing up gang signs and shit, and always got a blue rag hanging out. He he took that out of his music. Mm-hmm. So the dudes that he was false flagging, he was this, and he was that. And to make a long story short, the dude got and in, had an, a pretty heated conversation. He just told that guy, Roddy told him, "Have you ever touched a million dollars before?" And the dude tried to jump over that topic, and he said, "No, have you touched a million dollars before?" And then he tried to jump over it again. He says, look, you could simply choose to deny the answer, but if you ain't made this money, bro, then you don't know what the fuck is going on. Mm-hmm. So basically, a grown-ass man is trying to, like, uh, is trying to uh, chastise a young man who is successful and has made $20 million in one year. He made $20 million last year being an artist, and you're trying to tell him that he's a fake gangbanger. Those two things don't even matter. Mm-hmm. Like, dude, if if you made twenty, he said, "Dude, I made twenty million dollars last year," and he said, and "You over here Forbes. on Clubhouse arguing with niggas for free." Mm-hmm. That's sad. Mm-hmm. He said, "Dude, get your shit together." And you would think that a older dude around my age would be telling a young man that, mm-hmm. but it was Roddy Rich telling a older dude to get his life together. Mm-hmm. And it's sad, and it's just jealousy. Well, here's the problem: 
and this is the problem with content creators too. Musicians and content creators tend to get mad when someone is further along than them, right? They feel like they should be in that person's place. Mm -hmm. So they tend to lash out and say shit just because they hate the person. And then they actually validate the bullshit that comes in their mind because they hate that person so much that this these feelings that I have about this person I hate, they have to be real feelings. Even though they're not real feelings, I'm going to make them real. Mm-hmm. This shit is a disease. Mm-hmm. And hate and jealousy is a disease, and it's leading to people dying. People like Nipsey getting killed, people like Young Dolph getting killed, mm-hmm. are happening because there are people who hate them, and you are literally going to this under this this low dwelling area around these people that will fucking kill you. Yeah, I'm not saying everybody in the hood is bad, but it's a lot of people that wish they had your place. Envy, uh, the Bible says envy makes the bones rot. So yeah, that's a that's a Correlate that, or like I, I'm trying to figure out how that. Makes well, it. I'm just saying, like, if you're jealous of a person, like it'll it'll eat you alive. Like, you mm. know, it's just not healthy for that emotion. Is just not healthy. It's not not sustainable. Like, you know. Yeah, that's true. Mm-hmm. I think that um, instead of being envious, you look at a person's career, and you just need to realize it was their time. Like mm-hmm. this was their time. My time has not came yet, but it will come. And when it does come, it will be sweet because mm-hmm. it is my time. My time's not supposed to look like your time. Your time can be way bigger than mine, but I'm okay with that. Okay, for example, you can have a Drake type uh, career where you're Drake, or you could have like the rapper Currency, both very successful. Currency owns everything and is very successful and releases, Jesus Christ, I don't know how many albums he releases a year. Mm-hmm. A lot. Mm-hmm. But they're both very successful. So your success is going to look different than another person's. It may take longer. You may be slower. Freddie Gibbs didn't really start coming on till a few years ago. Mm-hmm. He's been rapping. Freddie Gibbs is 40. Yeah. He kind of finally got his like. Yeah. And he's not even, he's working on an album now that's probably going to be his, the one that introduces him right. to the world. Yeah. 2 Chainz didn't really get hot till 36 years of age. Sheesh. So, I mean, come on. I just seen him on a fucking playoff commercial. Yeah. Who you rolling with? Oh. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yo, 2 Chainz got the most, like, the most, like, signature raps ever, bro. Mm-hmm. Like, ate a like a now or later, now or later, a now or later. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But, no, I think that, that that's that's a dangerous game to play. And I, the, what, I, what I took from that interaction is I, I started to vi- feel very sad for uh, the Jael dude because what I realized is that when when I see someone acting um, in a way where they are like beside themselves or they're not aware of their emotions or uh, they're not aware of what they're doing, like I start to feel very sad because I know it's this it's like a it's a very like lost place. Like he's just in this this abyss. And he's feeling all these things, and he's just taking it out on this situation. Right. And he's not, in he, on top of the fact that he's getting sunned in the conversation. Yeah. And his only rebuttal is that people in the hood is telling him that such and such is doing this, and he's like, in in everything that there's that he's saying in the in the conversation is being shut down by real facts. Yeah. Like you know as far as like who he's communicating with, who he's hanging out with, who he's, who's his day-to-day people. And they're saying like, no, that these people are still around Roddy Rich. So it was, it was just when I, when I listened to the whole thing um, and then it got towards the end after Roddy Rich had hopped off and, you know, different people had hopped on that are 
you know, close in close quarters with Roddy Rich. They just sunning him and sunning him and sunning him. And like you were saying, it's it's a thing where and kind of going back to that point where envy makes the bones rot. It's it's a thing where you sitting back and you watching somebody from your hood that's younger than you that's out here diamond record yeah you know what i mean dj mustard records working with kanye west all these different yeah. things and um you're also in the same field and that's the dangerous part like when people when people are in the same field that that's where the most hate tends to yep. tend to come up but you're you're in a position where you know you're seeing somebody younger than you that's popping that's not only like a like a west coast you know artist but also just a global artist um, and you're you're also in that same space making music, um, and you kind of and I listened to one of his songs. He kind of has like a similar not not the same sound, but he has an auto tune singy kind of thing going on. And um, but people are just not looking out for you like that. No. And you know that's 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 dangerous territory because when you don't know that you're operating from a place of envy or jealousy, um, you tend to act out on those things, and that exactly. can, and that can arise in in terms of like hopping on clubhouse like you know trying to bully somebody or uh you know trying to fight somebody or you know the people that we have you know rest in peace to a lot of these artists and you know we got nipsey hustle over here like you know those same those same situations you know oftentimes lead to people dying they do but here's what happens worse is you have hate bonds Mm -hmm. you know they have trauma bonds for when people get in relationships Mm -hmm. like they're bonding through trauma Mm-hmm. And that's where these toxic relationships come from. Yeah. But when you have hate, a hate bond, you've bonded together with people who also hate Roddy Rich. Mm-hmm. So you're having these conversations about another person that only you can make sense out of because y'all just haters. Mm-hmm. And that's where hate really comes from. You don't usually feel some way by yourself. The average person does not look within themselves to feel a certain way. Like, I hate Little Caesars Pizza. Shit is nasty. That's how I feel. Mm-hmm. But if you have to understand, if most people in America said that it was good, most people would agree with that. Yeah. That's just how people are, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. A lot of people don't have their own opinion. Mm-hmm. So if you're a person that decided you hated Roddy Rich and you felt that way, you probably feel a whole lot better about how you feel because you found at least five to six more dudes that hate him the way you do. Yeah. So now you validated you validated <clears throat> this bullshit that you had in your mind and in your heart. But now you look like a fucking fool. When you speak to the actual person you've been hating on this whole time. And you know what was funny? Is when he got on Clubhouse with Roddy Rich, he was almost starstruck. Mm-hmm. It was, he just would freeze. Mm-hmm. He would just, when Roddy Rich started talking over him, he just got quiet. Mm-hmm. So it's like, dog, in a way you admire him. Mm-hmm. Even though you're talking all this fucking shit. Yeah. So it's just sad, man. Like, you got to look with things. If you find yourself hating somebody or being jealous of them... Ask yourself what more you need to do in your life so you don't feel that way, dog. Yeah, that's not a. I I don't. I I know, I know some people that um, try to normalize jealousy, like it's just an emotion that you know it's just a human emotion. I'm okay with feeling this way. Like, nah, you got to rid yourself of that because it. One one like first, you know, being jealous of people that you have a some sort of relationship with is just like is just the wrong emotions. You know, I I think like. If I had found out that somebody that I, you know, was friends with or, you know, family members with or whatever was jealous of me, I would have to let them know, like, dog, it's not like I'm just on the grind over here. It's not it's not sweet. Or, 
let him know that, you know, the reason why I am in this position is because I worked really hard. Like, and you can do the same thing. Like, just try to empower them. But, um, like, it's not it's not cool. Like, it, uh, I have a lot of friends that are, you know, extremely successful. And, you know, people that are, you know, not, not necessarily friends that I'm just cordial with. Um, whether it's guys like Kevin Edwards or Tyron and all these guys, like, I'm rooting for all these guys. You know, when I'm when I when Tyron was in college, I was watching his games, you know, on TV, just trying to support when he got drafted. I was watching the draft and, you know, Kevin Edwards, you know, the same way, just trying to support him, you know, from a distance and stuff like that. But I don't look at anybody that I know that is extremely successful, even blue, like, you know, him him directing like music videos for blasts and all these things. Like I'm just excited and happy for people's journeys. Like I don't. I don't really feel jealousy. If if I right. do feel jealousy, it's not like it doesn't um, come to light in in terms of jealousy. It comes to light in terms of like motivation. All right, like oh, I see you doing this. Let me get on my thing so I don't get so I don't get left behind. A hundred percent. But yeah, I, I, I don't. I don't. That's some emotion. And if any of our listeners out there, like it's you, it's. You know, you feel like that. That's that's fine, but we definitely have to address these things because yeah. these are, like we said, that it it, it it comes about in a way where it's going to be an argument, mm-hmm. it's going to be a fight, some shape or form. It's just going to be it's going to be uh, like something that is not. It's just something toxic is definitely going to yeah. come out of it. Yeah, I'll say this, um, and you talked about in forms of motivation when you see somebody else moving, and I agree. I, I think that. We're in less than six degrees of people who have been successful in what they do. Yeah. Like, Mm -hmm. you know, you got Kevin Edwards, who is a huge YouTuber. Mm -hmm. Ty Jones, who's been on the podcast twice. Yeah. Um, Has he been on three times? No, twice. Yeah. Um, You did the other podcast. The other podcast Mm -hmm. with them. Uh, 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 Verbal Exchange podcast. Shout out to them. Mm -hmm. Um, Freaking uh, Blue, who has been working with Blast for a while. Mm-hmm. And this is not From to years. just name drop. I'm just saying that when you're in a few degrees of separation of people who you know people directly that work with these people, mm-hmm. you see what success looks like is what I'm trying to say. Mm-hmm. There's mm-hmm. no reason to be jealous of what anyone's doing. Mm-hmm. You can look at them and say, you know what? I can make it. Not just because they made it, but I know what success looks like. I know what I have to do. And I'm on the right track. No, I think like. I think uh, I think I told you this on the phone before, but when I um, when I see Blast's career go from you know zero to a hundred, um, I was like, oh, this is this is like tangible. This is exactly. feasible. This is uh, uh, possible because when you when you if you if you're somebody trying to be successful in anything, in your only uh, viewpoint of success is like 50 Cent or Jay-Z or yeah. whoever, you're like, oh, okay, like these, you know, Dr. Dre discovered him or Eminem mm-hmm. found him or, you know, whatever, uh, you know, they had drug money and they did it. You know, it's like, right. it's not a it's not a story that you could kind of latch on to. Right. But when you see like a guy like Blast, you're like, okay, like this is how he did Shout it. Shout out to and, Russ too. <clears throat> Russ for sure, yeah. Just like his story is, his story, even Blast's story, they're more relatable yeah. to a person that is trying to achieve success that's just a you know your average person that's not gang affiliated it's not yeah you know uh tied in with drugs and all this like there are people that are just like they just put out good music consistently enough and then it just caught fire and now they're they're moving in a way where you know they're they're uh 
you know, making a lot of money off of, you know, the kind of work that they put in four or five years ago. So, yeah, man. Yeah. yeah definitely. But, yeah. I mean, I think like, yeah, I, I mean, just to kind of reiterate, I just, I don't believe that jealousy is okay in any way, no. shape, or form. Yeah. It's counterproductive mm-hmm. because you're taking, what you could do is if you see somebody make it, let's say, for example, it's an artist from your city, you work with them. Uh, and you've done some songs with them, and then they blow up way before you do, right? Or not even, you ain't blown up at all, but you've worked with them, and now they've like they've went to another stratosphere. The best thing for you to do is keep working on your craft. Don't worry about them. Keep a good relationship with them also. Yeah. Don't speak badly about those people, you know, because they, they're not going to forget, you know, what artist is working, which one's doing what. And if you get that alley-oop, that could take your career to the next level. Yeah. Sure. You, you think about it. Don't hate on the person that's from your city. Don't you ain't got to kiss their ass either. Just do you. Stay to yourself. Keep doing your thing. And some and and don't speak ill on the person. Mm-hmm. And the person will reach back like, yo, you know, Keith is dope, or you know, Eddie is dope. Like, you know, I was on a podcast three years ago. Like, I want to do an interview now that I just did a song with the weekend. Like, yeah, you never sure. know. Mm-hmm. You never know what type of relationships can can uplift your content. Yeah, that's it, another reason why you want to stay tr- like respectful and true to what you're doing. Yeah, even and shout out to Joe Maynard too. He's like he's the guy. Yeah. Like when it comes to success as a as a music artist in Bakersfield, he's like you know the the most successful um, in terms of numbers. So yes. shout out to him too. He's like you know one of those ones where like he, and even for him, he was at my mom's uh, crib, you know, in the room recording with my brother and stuff like that you know many many years ago so you know to see where he's at now like you know you never gonna get no hate from me um in terms of like joe maynard's career and his success no not at all yeah all right well actually we got another one you can knock out all right switching gears um weed might be the cure to covid i don't know if any and and that's kind of saying that loosely by the way i don't know but mm-hmm. this is the information I've gotten. COVID-19 may be blocked by cannabis compounds, study says. Uh, compounds found in hemp may prevent the virus that causes COVID-19 from entering human cells, according to a new study published by the Journal of Natural po- Products. Researcher, researchers at Oregon State found that a pair of cannabinoid acids bind to spike protein in SARS-CoV-2, the virus that causes COVID-19. This blocks the spike protein from binding with uh, angiosin converting enzyme uh, receptors. The spike protein hooks onto the ACE2 receptors that are located in the lining of the lungs and other organs, which is how the virus infects people. Health experts explained to Fox News. That means cell entry inhibitors like acids from hemp could be used to prevent SARS COVID infection and also short infections by preventing virus particles from uh, infecting human cells. Uh, said Richard Van Bremen, Bremen, a researcher at Oregon State's Global Hemp Innovation Center, uh, College of Pharma- Pharmacy in uh, Linus Pauling Institute of Oregon State. Okay, um, what I'll say is this. I mean, it's been proven that hemp or cannabis has uh, medicinal purposes, right? Mm-hmm. I-, I think that some people are going to take this the wrong way. I don't know how they're asking you to like possibly inject this in order for it to block it. Mm-hmm. So I don't want to say you should smoke weed. First of all, I don't smoke. Secondly, mm-hmm. I would never suggest that you smoke 
just because of, you know it may block COVID, but we don't know because mm-hmm. weed smoke goes into your lungs. I don't know how it how you would inject this. Would it be through rubbing it, rubbing oil on you? Would it be through um, taking it into your digestive system with like uh, medicated gummies? I don't know how they really ask you to ingest it if it did. But what I do know, without a shadow of a doubt, that if a bunch of Americans who took these booster shots and got the vaccine. If they go out and start smoking weed, then the price of honey buns will be twenty dollars a box. <laughs> the, the demand for honey buns will be through the fucking roof mm-hmm. if they do this shit. No, I think I think like what 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 I would want just the listeners to know or realize is that um, a lot of uh, a lot of medicine is just theories, right? So. Um, what happens is they do, you know, studies on certain things. They may have uh, uh, a group of 20 people and they'll let them smoke weed or whatever. And then, you know, they maybe give them a dose of COVID and see how the weed and the COVID interacts. And then maybe like 12 out of those 20 people um, have had, you know, minimal progress in terms of like dealing right. with COVID. And then they create an article based off of uh, what they experience in there limited studies and then they they type up this whole article and then somebody reads it and they take out like a few sentences and then they put it in another blog or an mm-hmm. article and then they say they try to sum up you know 40 pages 50 right. pages of an article <clears throat> even even in terms of like um concussions right yeah we we almost a hundred percent know that um the football injuries lead to CTE and all these things, right? But even in terms of the study that they did, we realize that it's not a thing that they can actually pinpoint. Mm. It's uh it's a it's it's probably more technically like a coincidence, right? That you know somebody that has these uh head injuries that ends up having like the degenerative like brain injuries. So basically I'm saying it basically what I'm saying is that like these are uh, a lot of this stuff is as theoretical and it's high probabilities of stuff. It's not necessarily like finite. Yeah, this is this because of this. It's more like this is probably happening because of this. Yeah, and uh, science disproves itself all the time. Yeah, exactly. So what's going to happen is through new studies, like actually, mm-hmm. uh, smoking marijuana can be counterproductive in the fighting of COVID nineteen. Yeah, well, you just told me it stops it. But here's the problem. Mm-hmm. People only acknowledge the stories that they want to believe. So all the people that already smoke weed, they're going to be like, see, this is why you should smoke because it stopped COVID. And I'm telling you, it was in the yeah. papers. They'd be like, well, that's been disproven. I don't care what they say. Yeah. And you'd be like, Dude. It's a lot of like home remedies that you know people um, say or like think that work that is just not, is not real. Put some bacon grease on your dick. <laughs> <laughs> What's that going to do? Yeah. I don't know, but like you put some bed grease on it. If you bust in her and she jump up and down, she won't get pregnant. You'd be like, nah, dog, that don't work. That sounds like voodoo, man. Yeah. <laughs> like fucking witchcraft. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Slutty mon. Imagine they had Pokemons, but like Slutty adult mon. versions. Busty mon. Busty mon. Slutty mon. That'd be a crazy, like, uh, little uh, cosplay porno. Would be like Pikachu with a big ass, <laughs> Busty Mon, <laughs> Pokemon doing a bu- the Busted Challenge and shit. <laughs> nah, Yo, the people people really stopped doing that. What that Busted Challenge was big for a minute. 
Yeah, you know, ebbs and flows, ebbs and flows. I've seen a bunch of people doing the Busted Challenge. I'm like, yo, like you out here. It'd be a whole married woman doing the Busted Challenge. Yeah. You know, it's, it's interesting about like some people's, primarily on like TikTok is like there's women that have like primarily like sexual content. And what I, you know, kind of going back to that conversation we had before about stuff just being like content is... um you realize that that person that's on there, she's doing, like, the Busted Challenge. She's doing, like, you know, they do the little voiceover things, and a lot yeah, of them be, like, so sexual yeah. um, stuff like that. You realize that's probably a girl that's just, like, the nicest girl and probably is not, yeah. like, super freaky. But she knows that the, 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 con- the content that she's putting out gets a lot of traction because there's guys out there that are... You know, she's attractive. There's guys out there that, you know, like yeah. to look at her. They they think that they may have this fantasy about, you know, if she does these sexual, you know, jokes and stuff like that, like maybe I have a chance or... Yeah. But you realize, like, this is just, uh, this is wild. There's a whole jack-off session on, a jack-off section on TikTok. <laughs> yeah, for sure. It's like, come on, man. You got to be careful it. of what you subscribe to, man. Because mm-hmm. you'll have nothing but big booties in your algorithm. I love big booties in real life. <laughs> Like in real life, yeah, I like big asses in real life. I don't need to click on all of these asses I'm not getting. Yeah. So it's like- It does nothing for you. It does nothing for me. Mm -hmm. But to each his own, I'm not going to judge you if you do it. Yeah. Um, Yeah. But yeah, not a whole lot else about this, man. Episode 200, man. We got got another uh, 100 straight, hopefully by 300 plus. Yeah, you know, we'll be we want to be in this space, Couple man. Years from now, shout out to like everybody that's there might be, and I don't know for sure, but there's probably somebody that listened to all 200 episodes. So yeah, if you are be, that yeah. person, man, shout out to you for supporting us. That that you know genuinely keeps us going because you know sometimes we could come in here and we'd be like, man, the numbers are down or you know whatever the case may be. Yeah. But you know, knowing that there are people that are like genuinely like they can listen to. Rory and Maul, they can listen to Joe Budden, they can listen to Joe Rogan, and then right after they finish with that, they throw our podcast on there. It's like, to even be mentioned amongst these other podcasts Mm -hmm. is a big deal to us, because we realize the investment that it takes out of your day. I've said this, I want to sound like a broken record, I've said this a million times, but for anyone to take minutes, moments out of their day to turn your podcast on, don't you ever take that for granted, because they could be doing something else. Oh, for sure. But they decided to listen to you, so don't don't try to, you know, treat the, the audience like they just some low dwelling person. Yeah. You know. Mm-hmm. But yeah. We yeah, appreci- you gotta be appreciative of just hundred percent people supporting in, in any aspect. But yeah, for sure. Make sure y'all also um, you know, hit that notification bell, subscribe yeah. to the YouTube, YouTube channel. Um, you know, the numbers is they sm- small over there, but you know, it'll it'll get up. It's all right. I'm not I'm not even mad at any of it, man. Mm-hmm. This is how it all starts. Yeah, it's a journey. This is for a, sure. It's a journey for sure. Journey mm-hmm. may take a while, but you know, you just gotta you gotta stay past. You gotta once you reach your threshold, you gotta go past it. Mm-hmm. So yeah, but yeah, man. For all those who have made it to the end of this podcast, we appreciate you. Yep. Thank you for listening to a Trucker's Mind podcast. I'm Eddie McGee. It's your boy K. Fings. Right here. Peace. <laughs>